0: Last week, Scott said he'd happily ditched Kylie for Matt Derry, but he didn't.
1: And for Liam, he was in love with the weird slow down dance vibes of Faithless, but not enough to shift Shakira. Shift in the Republic of Ireland means snog, so you've kind of said you're not going to snog Shakira there. Oh, well, I take it back. Welcome to the Naughtiest Naughty Podcast. Liam and I are going through every single top 10 single of the Naughty's decade, looking for the ultimate track. Each week, we're going through a group of tracks. Pretty much stuff that was in the chart at the time. We're going in chronological order. Uh, We're analysing them, we're talking about them, we're having a debate about them and we're choosing an episode winner each week which goes head-to-head with our ongoing series winner. Yeah, so it's currently still Kylie versus Shakira Shakira. Mm. How are you feeling
0: about it all, Liam? Uh, I'm conflicted today. Oh, interesting. I'll give you a heads up now that
1: things are uh, troubling. Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I've not. I haven't thought that far forward. Let me just have mm. a little bit of a. Mm. Flick. Okay. Yeah. I can. I can see a p- Oh no. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: We've got a lot to fit in because there's some huge tracks this week, so we'll get straight into it. We'll ignore what happened on Sunday with England, we'll not talk about that, and we'll get into your listeners' choice poll. Both of our winners finished at the very bottom, so oh. my, my Faceless and your Matt Derry both on 12.2. Double up on both of those was expressed to Lazy, 24.4. Yeah. Respectable considering, people would have taken a look at that and gone, what's that? I love that people remember it just from seeing it written down. I'm glad. Uh, the winner was one that we didn't even put as a contender, but... It's Britney. It's Britney, bitch. Uh, 51.2% for Britney, who takes the uh, the listener's choice for that week, which means she gets to go into the, the World Cup at the end of the year. She does. And you, you couldn't have a World Cup without Britney. So no, I love ju- that she's this in. this has
1: been done. Yeah, well done. I feel like she needs to be in here right now, because obviously we're not contributing massively to the story, but at least it's something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, that's good. Oh, bless. That's really good. This week, though, however, we've got two new number one singles, a familiar sound for Oasis and two familiar sounds smashed into one. For the sugar babes
0: and elsewhere, a hello to S Club Juniors oi, and oi. Doves, a goodbye to Sync, and a hello goodbye to Idlewild. But first, so this is a new week, twenty first of April, two thousand and two. Some tracks that didn't make the top ten that are worth mentioning down at the pits of the top hundreds that we'll get to soon. A track from eighty, well, a track at eighty nine from Tweet oh, called yeah. Oops, Oh My. And at ninety, pink. Don't let me get me. Is that oops track? Is that as high as that gets? Uh, no, we'll see it in the top ten right. very shortly. Okay. Me. Yeah. So we'll see those in the next couple of weeks. Uh, climbing up higher, thirty-four. A track that is very much not my thing, but I was very exposed to because of the friendship groups I surround myself in. Scott, you may have come across this, considering you became more of a metally person. Although this was like very dark. Uh, it's called Bodies and it's from Drowning Pool at 34 let the hit the floor let the hit the floor
1: let the hit the floor let the hit the
0: yes it sounds familiar sounds familiar mm-hmm. yes it's uh, again a track I knew very well but uh, never quite enjoyed it. although now i think I, i've my my ears have become far more in tune at that kind of thing so you may see me in the goth clubs when things <laughs> open up properly, uh, thrashing about to a bit of that. And higher up at number 30, a track from the streets from original pirate material, and it's called Let's Push Things Forward. You say that everything sounds the same Then you go by them There's no excuses, my friend
1: You're a big Streets fan, Scott. Yes, I do like the Streets. I'm trying to think, are they probably maybe the third or fourth most seen artist of mine at this point? Apart from at festivals so probably yeah. actually seen like Eric Prince and above and beyond and things like that more mm. but yeah once once you start looking past Girls Aloud and Coldplay
0: like <laughs> <laughs> um, The Streets are back in uh, popular culture at the moment But they had an EP out last year which is very good and at the moment the track that's big is called Who's Got The Bag which I messaged you about Scott and I said are you playing this in your show and you were like uh, no. <laughs> no no
1: no that, uh, yeah uh-huh.
0: like uh, the, uh, the bag I want to be chatting about is Jerry Halibald bagging it up mm-hmm. no it's not the same thing Thing. But, um, yeah, there's a Patrick Toppin remix of Who's Got the Bag, which I love. Who's yes. got the bag? Not everyone's cup of tea. I think people have been taking the piss out of Mike for this one because it's quite politically charged. Actually, the date that he mentions about, was it uh, June the 12th, didn't happen. It's now July 19th. He has made reference to that with another like updated verse unupdated an updated line uh, on a video in a phone box But yes Who's got the bag Is my anthem of the year so far Obviously as a, a BBC journalist I don't agree with the political or, or or don't disagree with the political message in the song <laughs> I just think it's funny to hear Mike Skinner Singing about uh, Asking who's got the bag It's very on brand for his message uh, of, of which we'll get to in 2004 Which is the track blinded by the lights yes yes it feels like a spiritual sequel we'll do some tracks that did get in the top 10 and we're pleased to report if you're not a pop idol fan which not not many of you are that Gareth has been dethroned but by some grumpy drugged up Mancunians this is a sixth UK number one for Oasis and the Hindu Times
1: By Noel and is the lead single of the studio album Heathen Chemistry. Mm -hmm. Uh, So glad that it kind of... Do you think that they had to be like, right, we need to get Garth off. We need (laughs) to call the guys. Let's call the lads. And these are the ones that came along. One, two, three, four, five seconds in. No vocals yet. You can completely sniff Oasis. Oh, yeah. Off this. Really just like big Oasis track. Um, Very hooky in the chorus. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I'm just... I Sometimes I like the construction of these things because the chorus actually feels unfinished. You know, whenever you feel like there's just a few extra words need to be in it, thing mm. that like, I, I get so high, I just can't feel it. I expect it to be just a few more words behind that. Yeah. Um, but generally, yeah, um, I, had I forgotten it? I had forgotten it. I couldn't remember what it sounded like and then I listened to it and was like, ah, oh, yeah, I like this. Uh, but yeah, I was just generally happy with Oasis mm. at this point, but starting to get into the camp of... Stop just liking Oasis because it's called cool to like Oasis, understand mm. the story.
0: Let's go to where Oasis currently are at this point, because this track is considered a bit of a return to form after five years of kind of like, like what I would call wilderness. Yeah. 97, uh, they made be here now, which was released to critical acclaim, but maybe people didn't really... Uh, uh, not not to, d- to doubt music critics and their integrity, but I think like Oasis was such a big thing at a big moment that they could have released anything and it would be positively reviewed and would have sold well which it did yeah. but even null admitted that they were all on drugs for the whole time and it was actually shit and like like the album it is shit like it's
1: overblown rubbish what Hidden Chemistry is uh, Be Here Now I'll oh, Be Here Now right oh yeah well yeah we, yeah, we have that discussed yeah. them in a very weird place with that. that
0: was their third album so they had those two massive ones that were very on brand with the Britpop thing yeah this one came along it was very just kind of like they tried to do Sgt. Pepper and it didn't really work but yeah even Noel thinks it was shit and mm-hmm. it, it very much was the follow up which we did do on this show because it was one of the first tracks we did the track that we did first was Go Let It Out which you made a contender Scott and I wasn't convinced on I thought mm-hmm. it again it was just stupid, uh, not not brilliant. The album sold well, but this was, again, critics starting to kind of go, hmm, this isn't great. And He's in Chemistry kind of continues that in some ways, although some, me included, do feel like it is better than the shit they were doing before. On the day of the single coming out, BBC News made an article called Have Oasis Run Dry. Imagine the day, the day of your big comeback single, the biggest media outlet in the country, Asking the question, is this band who you used to love? Are they finished? They said that they once stood astride the British music scene as Goliaths. But six years on, the band has crumbled to such an extent that they cannot be sure they will have a successful record with their new single, Hindu Times. They credited the uh, Daily Telegraph music journalist, Neil McCormick. He said, people still love them. We want them to make good records, but they are making crap records. The single is disappointing. It's not a good song. It sounds like they recorded it in the studio on Big great speakers and turn everything up to 10 it sounds great in the studio but on the radio or in the car without big speakers it sounds mushy and light it's a pity because live at the moment they are rocking but i guess the suggestion is that the stuff that they're actually putting out there singles isn't quite hitting. yeah this did go to number one this was massive oasis are still a massive massive brand even if the sound is not wonderwall and it isn't rock and roll star and it isn't the stuff of that era people still love them Yes, it's a bit lazy, though, isn't it?
1: It's a, it, we've heard this before. So, are, are we in theory saying, right? Let's do Oasis versus Spice Girls. Have Have Oasis success-wise had as many albums and the same length of time as of, of success, real success, as the Spice Girls did? did yeah. they, were they a two and a half year thing? I think so. Yeah, but they've kept going. Oasis, and then the fans are so mm. staunch Oasis fans that they will fight their corner and they will buy anything that they chuck at them. They'll. I mean, there'll be people, there'll be people who like this. Like I like it. I I, I I do like it with it, like,
0: n- not in any uppercase letters. It does feel like a new era comeback sound. It does feel like after those five years of experimentation, they've stripped it back and they've just gone, well, we know you like this, so we'll do this again. Noel admitted that when they first made this, he just thought it was the best thing in the world. Because of course they did, because they're all very inflated egos, aren't they? That's their whole thing of, like, we're, at, we're confident, we've got attitude, fuck London, Manchester's where it's at, and this is what we do. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah if you like Oasis and what they do there is nothing to dislike about this after after a disruptive signal failure diversion from the years uh, 1970 1997-2002 uh, this is them back on the tracks heading full speed from Newcastle to King's
1: Cross no problems no disruptions yeah is so we get better Oasis again in the future don't we they get better in f- 2005 right okay because I'm thinking I can remember um, some of the songs around when my brother got married being really good yeah okay yeah, I like, I, I, I like this. I do. Right, I'm in a, getting in a weird position with Oasis here because this is where I start to see that the world becomes eyeball Paul of Kevin and Perry Goularge, <laughs> all inspired by Oasis and they're starting to turn into caricatures of themselves a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Mm. do Oasis are probably the ones that I... I know I slag off Robbie and I don't like I have... I try to give Robbie some compliments each time but I feel like Oasis is the, the one that I'm the s- most scared of being critical about mm-hmm. because of the fear of fans. So many fans that don't actually know anything like they've they actually haven't got anything valid to say about why they like the stuff they just like it because they are Klingon well that's my fear to as them. to why I became number one it's
0: just because like you know people bought it it, was, it had Oasis on the front yeah you buy it you might not like it straight away or with this one you probably do because how can you not it's what you've heard before but not quite as good but it's still that same sound that you, that you liked before you'll you'll get to like it eventually if, even if you don't like it straight away like it's 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 an oasis thing it's, i don't i don't think the music is really that
1: important to be honest with this with this one well um, i thought that there was an actual sitar in it because it's called a hindu times so the assumption i made the assumption everybody else did there's no sitar in that mm. it just sounds like there is and um, the name's come from a t-shirt that one of them saw that said the hindu times <laughs> that does nothing to do there's no link to the track really
0: which is that same kind of thing it, it, again that, that that thing of like i think oasis strive to be authentic but that right there of like, oh, just sort of T-shirts, like, well, oof, there's that kind of like dichotomy of like inauthenticity, and authenticity kind of like riding side by side. Mm-hmm. And again, they put it out, whatever it, whatever form it takes. Like they could have called this blim blam, flim flom blibbidi blob, and people would have bought it but they call it the Hindu Times and that puts you in a certain place, but the the song has no connection to it and it could have been
1: anything. Yeah, my first single is going to be called um, A meal, A Succulent Chinese meal. I'm going to go (laughs) back to that. Succulent Chinese meal. Ah, so you know your judo well.
0: I feel Uh, like I've been pretty negative despite, despite generally, like if it came on, I wouldn't skip it do No, think. no. It's got like a primal scream sound to it. It's got like the the repetition of that line that you mentioned. I get so high, I just can't feel it. Like I like the way that's done. That's a primal scream thing that they've done. Something that Lord is doing now with solar power. Yeah, it's just it's it's safe. Is it? It's what they needed.
1: Is it listener friendly but underwhelming because of the pressure that's on Oasis to just deliver wonder walls all over time after time potentially? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I do, yeah give, give it a score at a ten. It's f- Six and a half. Okay, I'd give it a seven. Okay, yeah, I was, I was close to seven. It's, it's like yeah. a six point seven. Why not six point seven seven four two nine? The video
0: is something to be treasured though, because towards the end, at one point, because the video was just like them performing the song, you know, live in a space. You know, it's one of those ones. There's a point where Liam and Noel are singing together on the same microphone like they're in each other's personal space. <laughs> Whereas now you couldn't imagine them being that close together with, unless
1: there was razor blades or broken bottles involved. Well, that's my second thought. My first thought was oh coronavirus you can't have two people yeah, speaking yeah. to the same microphone. <laughs> How do you sterilize that afterwards? The particles in the air. Yeah, the yeah, the the aerosols within the actual air particles will have them riddled within moments. Mm. Yeah. Actually, the music of this is not too dissimilar to what Liam
0: and Noel both make now. So actually, in some ways, it's kind of become a precursor to their solo yeah, careers. Okay. All in all, it's grand. There's a Netflix series out now called This Is Pop, which goes into Britpop and explores their role within that whole scene. Uh, it's very good. It's kind of like it's clearly been made for an American audience. So it's a bit kind of like paired back and, there's, you know, you, you've seen the story before but it's in some ways it's kind of refreshing to hear it played out as simply as that but within that you get a lot of like nice clips of songs they got a lot of access to musicians lauren laverne's in it who's from our area so yeah this is pop on netflix brit pop episode very good very good uh, this track yeah
1: 6.7 why not can i just go back did the do you think that the fact that they were fighting over the same microphone is that where it all unraveled is that the yeah. moment do we have the moment in a music <laughs> it, video where it just all unraveled it cuts and one of them just punches each other yeah yeah. very possibly why that's not It's my microphone <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, kid gives it back that's scouse scouse <laughs> oh dear me right never mind this was the start of a new era for Oasis and it was the end of an era for NSYNC or is it just basically the like episode zero of Justin Timberlake's solo career because this is him going to R&B Uh, Just a few months later, he would rope in the Neptunes again to make Justified, the album that we all, I I think, love. I I love it. Justified, it's a a great album. I've not listened to it, but I like the singles from it. Yeah. Uh, So, the final appearance on the show of NSYNC, they've roped in Nelly for a guest first on the Neptunes remix of Girlfriend. Don't you be my girlfriend.
1: Got this down as an intro juice Our first introduce of the mm-hmm. episode uh, Weirdly enough Nelly's record label Were very hesitant He was insistent on being part of this experience mm-hmm. And they were not up for it at all uh, Yeah a bit of a weird change Bit of a blend of R&B and hip hop That we're not used to for NSYNC But it's just It's very much as if Justin was allowed access to Nelly mm-hmm. And the other four weren't allowed to go near him yep. Because if you watch the video they are they in any frames with Nelly? Don't think so. No, that might have been a complete separate thing. Right, right. Justin comes this day. Yep. Oh my god, the extras probably had more access to <laughs> Nelly, <laughs> and the back and dancers than what the actual four other members of NSYNC had too. Yeah, uh, mm. but I really like a Justin Harmony on top of a Nelly rap yeah I think it sounds really good it does
0: work I I think Nelly fits into this so seamlessly he does actually yeah obviously there's there's the version that doesn't have Nelly in but this is the one that got released as a single on the point of him being approached and the label being like you're gonna kill your career by doing this and him being like nah it's a great track and obviously it worked out really well and nelly's still a thing if you fast forward to like now the whole rapper on a pop single thing has become a lot more commonplace the Mm -hmm. one that sprang to my mind which i thought would be an example of like oh but look it doesn't kill your career actually in some ways it does it does knock you down a peg in some it depends what the pop song is my first thought was the fact that kendrick lamar who's considered one of like you know in this current period of time one of hip-hop's biggest and best names you know like to pimp a butterfly damn uh, all these amazing albums. He's also worked with Maroon 5 and Taylor Swift, which uh, has, has bred m- you know, mixed success. The Maroon 5 thing is shocking, but it <laughs> happens, you know what I mean? Like, um, And it, it, it hasn't dragged him down too much, if at all. Yeah. So the whole, like, I can see where the label was sceptical at the time, but in, in some ways this track paved the way for future things to happen and they've not all been bad like i, I maroon five and kendrick being the one i dragged t- to mind first but like we've also had things like drake and rihanna getting together yep. which have worked out generally quite well mm-hmm. yeah my, my, justin Timberlake i think is a big there's almost no point talking about the rest of the band who, who do have you know parts of verses and stuff but you know they can't hear them in the choruses justin's very much front and center i do feel like justin has a lot of sway within this group i feel like he's always emphasized the most mm-hmm. and Factor in the fact that this is their final single ever they did the celebrity tour to promote the album and then when that ended justin suggested they should have a bit of a break wonder why during which point he recorded justified in a few mm. weeks they get back together for appearances every now and again they got a star on the uh, the hollywood walk of fame recently so they got back together for that but you know they haven't been a band well, including since- justin yeah oh okay they haven't been together since 2002 when this song you know came it's out nice. and was promoted sort of thing but this this to me feels very much like a justin timberlake solo track that could very easily slip onto the album justified uh, yes you know it was it was made by the neptunes so it, it it makes it makes that kind of sense yeah and actually justin's actual solo debut like i love you uh thematically and lyrically is
1: quite similar to this yeah i do you know you've got me thinking if n to to tour with Justin, I think I would potentially, but would I, I wouldn't go out and wait a queue for tickets. Mm. But if I got an email saying, oh, you've been offered press to this, I'd be like, I might go to that one. Mm. Yeah, I could go to that. I just feel like this is Justin Timberlake preparing his it, audience it, for what's going to happen next. If, if, I, if he I says think... that it's not, I would say, well, that is very, very coincidental. Yeah. But at clear as yeah. day. Looks like, one, it's a Justin show. And two, this is him using the same studio. Tech. Maybe they're trying to save money and actually like right let's get let's get the neptunes in with nelly and do everything in one follow swoop i feel like he's mastermind
0: i think he's masterminded all of this he's kind of gone one day he's realized that actually his influence in that band is very big so he's gone one day he's gone oh we'll do this song girlfriend we should get the neptunes to produce Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i think it needs some more r&b cred let's get a rapper involved Let's just give me most of the important bits, yeah. And then after we've done this tour, we'll all go and do a break and do our own things for a bit. It all feels like it's like a it's all the pieces of the puzzle linked together, and it all comes to the fact that Justin was out of here. Why do I still love him? It sounds so but evil, that, but, <laughs> and, but and also the fact that you know in the last few years, stuff about Justin's come to light in his involvement with Britney and the Janet Jackson thing and all that kind of stuff. And I think the the family friendly can't stop the feeling voice actor trolls, that kind of image of Justin that he's worked so hard to to build has started to crumble a bit and I think people have always chosen to overlook the fact that actually he's quite clever and if what I'm alleging is here
1: then quite crafty and um you know, savvy. But how do you take a childhood star out of school and make them live that life, and for them to not have some sort of like weird edge impacted by what's an awful industry? Yeah, I don't understand how we we still expect like Christina's and Justin's to be and behaving like the boy and girl next door. That it can't be. They are they were over adulted. Yeah. At, at too young of an age and I know that like parents don't listen parents like think that bonding with your child is being like letting them be an adult and showing them things that you shouldn't show and giving them experiences early because it's good crack mm. brains are not developed to do that there's going to be yeah. consequences of you things you can't like show this. them a
0: horror film or porn and just like expect them to you know they need it no. They need to have brains to develop and process what they're seeing. Otherwise, yes. it's just
1: this thing that's shocking. And I completely fell out with somebody. I didn't even fall out with them. I had to just cut them out. So they have no real idea why they're not in my life anymore. Mm. But it was because they were really happy at having really, really rude things on the telly mm. in front of their child. And I was in their house and it's was like, I can't sit here and do this. You, mm. This has to change. Yeah. But yeah. And I think, you know, I think there's, you know, we, It's is it, is it media? Is it our perception? But how can we expect Justin to not have some sort of weird edges and have made mistakes because you know we've all made mistakes Yeah, generally like in uh, uh, I'm, I'm not justifying any actions because I can't even really remember what, uh, what any allegations or stories about him are but if, if somebody came out and said that there was like this massive massive thing of like right I can see how that happens in that industry to people and how you end up down that road Yeah, really not c- like condoning it or anything but no, like, I think having we'll empathy.
0: we'll confront those kind of Justin Timberlake allegations when we get into his solo career because like some of the songs are like about Britney and they're right. a bit like kind of like the tone of them is a bit kind of like oof Ugh. Uh, Ugh. Um, but anyway the, 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 the annoying thing is they're all like quite good tunes that we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, say a lot of nice things are about very good. but um, ethically we'll kind of look back with a bit of a wagging finger yeah I like this very much Nelly fits in really well weirdly this isn't the song that I remembered in my head I was looking forward to this <laughs> and it never in my head sounded like this I thought this was for one earlier in their career uh-huh I thought this was more like first or second album, not third. I I, I thought it was more bubblegum. I thought it was more electronica than hip hop. I thought it was more teenage. And I, and I always thought Justin had that like sort of macaroni hair rather than how he looks now.
1: No idea what you were picturing or what you were listening to in your head.
0: No, no. I, just, I, I, <clears> expe- I, I expected choreography as well. In my head, I remembered a song from the 90s that had choreography and wasn't from 2002 and like cool and grown up. For me, the girlfriend was like girlfriend, not like girlfriend.
1: You think of Billy Piper? Ma- yeah, oh can yeah, I be me- a girlfriend. Oh shit, yeah, maybe Michael, I am. Can I have your number? Was that Billy Piper? I'm thinking more someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That might. The, right. the other two have got fused in me brain. There was dance routines. They were dancing on top of the roofs of cars. That was it. Because that's when you get to see the other <sighs> four. Who? One of them gets a verse. Yeah, one of them gets a verse. But which one? Uh, I don't. Exactly. I don't know their names exactly. I feel bad because and this is this is the Justin effect mm-hmm. where you can have. You it- were really talented, very good singers, and Justin just steals it all. It's like this podcast. People don't know my name because of you. You're the Justin well, of this podcast. That's That's bollocks.
0: Yeah, just Justin's a magnet. He's a vacuum.
1: <laughs> he
0: is. Hoovering up all the glory.
1: I'm just a love machine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, moving on. This is a quote from the Drowned in Sound review of this song. One track, one pound, one day of release. The only one that's missing, to give it the full compliment, is the fact it's probably not going to be number one. Leave that to the other set of Mancunians. And uh, you know what? They were correct, because Oasis were number one. This was a very valiant, all things considered. It was out for one day. Number three. That's impressive, I think, all things considered. This is from Doves, and the track is called There Goes the Fear.
1: This is the first single from the second studio album, The Last Broadcast. Uh, They are an English alt rock band. And yeah, it was only available for a day. So to get to number three, that's. I wonder if everybody changed their behaviour to make sure that they could buy it on that day.
0: Yeah. jez jez williams who's in the band said that they wanted to make a statement with the release um he said we like the fact you could only get a hold of a certain amount of this or a certain amount of that especially in this day and age of readily available bits of music it's kind of nice a physical copy that's precious to you because you managed to get to a shop that day and actually own it so it's as you say yeah people had to on a on a monday go to a record shop yeah, that's... They, they've actually... Because Manic Street... Was it Manic Street Preachers
1: did this? Yeah, the Manics did it in, 2000, uh, in January 2000 and they got a number one. So this is like... You know, you've made a, an experience for people. You've kind of given them a day out because I would say, yeah, it got to number three. I can't imagine there being loads of people that are standing flicking through and go, oh, there's that Doves track. I'm going to pick it up. Mm. And if they did, it was minimal. But yeah. really, like, to get that to number three, those what... Maybe I'm go I'm going to jump to 200,000, 300,000 people have all gone... And they've all done something at the same time, you know... In line with each other, yeah, and loads of people have gone and had that moment mm-hmm. together. I know it was a moment span across a day, yeah, but yeah, that's. I think that's quite exciting, really. And I never, when we talked about the Manics, never realised how special that thing could be. Yeah, it's nice for you as an artist to kind
0: of go like, oh, people really care. They've yeah. they've taken the time, they've gone out of the way, yeah, and, it, and that that could have backfired. It really could. It could have gone spectacularly wrong. But the thing was ninety nine pence. I should add, it was on CD and in ten inch vinyl for ninety nine pence to get a vinyl on you know to get a vinyl now for 99 pence whatever it is is very rare so a uh, fair play to them for making it affordable which i think was a big factor in why it did so well but again to make it cheaper but still perform really well proves that like actually it was more popular than things like nsync probably because it costs less but therefore more people bought it does it yeah. go on sales or cost or money made is, is it sales what like the the, the the way the charts work is it how many I think copies the, the, you sell. Yes, it's the copies that you sell. All right, so they sold less copies, but compared to some things on there, like further down the charts, like this did very well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and critically did very well too. I mean, the the drowning sound reviews did they, they they thought it was fantastic. NME made it their single of the entire year. Oh wow, yeah. So we'll we'll get into the track for for me. I, I didn't it didn't resonate with me specifically and I realized today why that might be did did this resonate with you?
1: Yes, I remembered it and I liked the tone of it. I remembered the chorus because that was the only thing that I could catch there's something really prairie about it you know whenever you're like at school and you don't know all the birds of prairie you go mm. it's a bit then one line comes along you do know yes and then that's it and you you, you nail that one line it's actually if you've seen Sisters with Amy Poehler and uh, Tina Fey Tina Fey yeah. where they're singing in the car trying a like, little bit of heart and soul and then they get to the third line and they don't know and they just mumble it <laughs> it's a bit mumbly but generally musically I really really like it yeah like I do really really like it and I remembered it but what are you thinking then Um
0: well in terms of musically, I think it's got like a countryside kind of pace. Like there's kind of like somewhere between up tempo and lower tempo. It's like a sort of like a rockabilly kind of like like I say, countryside thing about it that doesn't really do much for me. Mm. I think there's a song later on that does similar things, it's more impactful that I do like a lot more. In terms of the message of this, I mean the line that I presume that you've pulled out that I've pulled out is you turn around and life's passed you by just before the pandemic started i was in the swimming baths around the same time this podcast started funnily enough and um i was doing laps and realized that my life was passing me by at 23 i realized that i was living in a cycle of doing work watching netflix going home sleeping and not much else and um uh, then a month later all freedom got stripped away and we got put into lockdown and those plans hit the skids (laughs) now as i'm Twenty-five. We're starting to re-emerge. We're starting to do things again. Uh, next week, I'm having uh, to move. To well, not haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm I am moving into a flat on my own Ooh. and starting life properly. I am doing
1: it. You do know OnlyFans doesn't mean you've started life properly because you've got space to do that, yeah? Damn it. That is not what that means.
0: I, 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 I moved out of home after uni and moved in with some friends and thought that was the start of my life again, but it wasn't the circumstance that worked for me. This, I feel like, is more of a chance at life and I'm going to really go for it. The reason this song doesn't resonate with me is because I am blocking it out. I'm in the headspace of life is not going to pass me by. I'm going to really have a good go at making something of myself and uh, I don't hear it. I simply don't hear it. I'm pushing the message out. The negative vibes are not going to infect me. I'm going to learn how to cook. I'm going to learn how to live. And um, doves, you can shove it up your ass. You didn't do anything, but I'm going to be class. And that, that doesn't mean professionally. It just means I want to, I want to feel more fulfilled as a person.
1: That's nice. That's so, good. Yeah. My last note is perhaps and I haven't finished it, so I don't know what the last note was. It's passed you by. It just says perhaps, yeah. I've literally, I don't know what that is. Uh, there is a video, uh, and the video was actually pretty interesting, but the video mm. is to creep me out. Yeah. Um. I. I there's There is. There's sometimes a thing about, and actually it's a bit like the guy in the Where's Your Head At video, you know, the doctor. Mm. There's something about like skinny old men um, <laughs> that look like they've kind of thrived in the 80s and dressed like they're in the 80s just to terrify me. Um. And actually the video for this creeped me out. It is a watchers video. Do you Do you remember a programme, you know when, at school he made you watch programmes did you ever have one called The Boy From Space? Uh, No we had this and I don't know why they let anybody watch this but we had this terrifying one called The Boy From Space and I think this little really really pale there was these two little kids running around in a quarry up hills of stones and they're standing in this quarry and then all of a sudden there's this creepy 70s, 80s, skinny tall man with a big, massive brown trench coat, which in my head was paedophile colours. I hate when people wear brown I think of brown's a of paedophile colour if you wear a big brown coat. Um, but he's just standing on the top of this mound watching them in this quarry. And it's just, you know, that moment. And then there's this like proper 80s. <coughs> shriek for mm. the sound effect and it was just terrifying and I remember like being at school and all of the kids just screaming and then these, this girl and the boy try to run around and run away from him but it turns out there's another little kid in a blue suit a little pale kid who's from space and this man's looking for him mm. and then they spot this boy from space oh god I'm getting chills actually <laughs> God on. almighty what on earth the boy from space I don't know why I'm talking about it but the video reminds me a little bit of the boy from space mm. Um but yeah we must have been P4 so what's that Four, four, five, five, six, six. Six years old, Blind. watching the boy from space, absolutely shitting ourselves on the little playmats in Lima Valley Central Primary School. Make, making Brown? Scary. I will say before we move on, we're going we're to talk samples in a
0: sec, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, there's a David Bowie sample in this, uh, a bit of sound and vision, which is my favourite bit, which it, it doesn't say much for Doves, but I, yeah, it's... I choose to ignore it and we move on (laughs) Uh, so new week 20th of April 2002 this was the week that the big breakfast got replaced by Rise remember Rise? oh yeah yeah. i don't remember it but i remember no. the name of it they had good intentions but it, uh, it didn't work what they, what they started off was trying to make like a sort of a, a cooler version of GMTV. like it was no longer this weird like fun daft big breakfast thing now it was kind of like we're all journalists and we sit wearing fancy clothes no, and we do news no. and uh quickly realized that nobody wanted that so they went back to doing big breakfast again basically with um kate Lawler from big brother and uh Ian Lee, Who who's who's since done radio stuff and uh, is is, is a like funny kit, funny yeah. guy uh, but yeah R- rise uh yeah they should have kept the big breakfast really <laughs> to be honest and uh, after itv digital collapsed recently they had to uh, lay off 900 call center workers in pembrokeshire oh, and they ceased their pay tv operations. so things were falling apart and it's uh it's a shame that it's at the expense of you know honest people who just needed a job and it just it fell apart yeah all, again, good intentions, but just all, all the gear, no idea. Album chart-wise, Blue. They climbed to number one with All Rise, which is nice to see. And in terms of tracks that didn't make the top 10, uh, The Chemical Brothers had a double-sided single with Come With Us. <laughs> and The Test. they ring bells to you yeah They're uh-huh. both, both solid tracks and uh, also in the top 10 not on spotify so i'm not going to play it but you can imagine what this sounds like i think uh, a track from mad donna <laughs> and the track was called the wheels in the bus this was the wheels in the bus sang by someone who sounds sort of like madonna uh to the tune of ray of light hmm so there you go
1: <laughs> weird I don't I must have known that existed because in my head I always think that if I was a drag queen I would call myself Madonna. Mm. but that must have been it's been a hang done from that it's yeah. been done devastated
0: so in a week where Madonna happened and mashups were existing it was by far not the biggest one of the week because at the very top of the charts replacing oasis and aren't we glad because this is so much better number one for one week it is such a contrast to the sugar babies that we saw in 2000 in their cardigans all singing about you know whatever it was a critical darling Overload, wasn't it? Music snobs loved it. Music fanatics thought it was the most exciting thing ever to tell their friends in the pub. The actual punters didn't really go for it, and Sugar Babes were on the verge of collapse. In steps, Heidi Range to replace Siobhan, who'd allegedly gone to the toilet one day during an interview, never came back, but that's since been debunked. So in comes Heidi Range and in comes Richard X, producing Maverick, and what comes of this is something totally unexpected that will blow your minds to be honest this is sugar babes and freak like me
1: So this was actually the debut single by Adina Howard, uh, so a sample of that, and also Gary Newman's Our Friends Electric. Uh, Richard X, you might know, did Liberty X uh, as a being nobody. Being nobody, him. yeah. And also a bit of Rachel Stevens. song goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely got a, like a, a little bit of a scrappy, two-bitty, 80s, computerised sound with what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been buzzing for this for months.
0: Yeah. Is this
1: your moment? it's my moment yeah
0: so sugar babes as we said they were totally on the brink of collapse they'd been dropped by london records signed by ireland and um that's their story so heidi comes in siobhan's gone meanwhile richard x a producer from the north had been making these amazing bootleg mashups as part of this kind of collective called girls on top he'd made this mashup of freak like me and our friends electric called we don't give a damn about our friends which kind of takes the two titles and smushes them together mm-hmm. he pitched this to labels labels heard this they'd heard it in clubs and stuff uh, not everyone was convinced some labels said it was like the worst thing they'd ever heard uh whereas some were more receptive but they needed to get the permission of you know, the other two tracks that he'd mashed up to get it out there gary newman very on board. Yeah. He approved. He got a writing credit, royalties. Uh, he even actually told Graham Norton in 2003 that he thinks the Sugar Babes version is better than his, which is some like dad that, that's some credit, big isn't words. it? Big big words, big words. He said it made him feel old because none of them knew who he was when they made the track, <laughs> and none of them were even like remotely born when um, when he made Our Friend's Electric as well. So they had to rope in. Uh, sugar Babes because Adina Howard she didn't approve. She thought it was awful. And um what's telling to me is the fact that Gary Newman's still famous, Adina Howard. Mm. Hey. Not so much Menzel maybe, took over the Adina's. Yeah, maybe she should have uh, she should have approved because this one had become massive. It was a reinvention for the sugar babes, it was a a, a step on the scene for Richard X, and based on the video we saw. This week from a YouTube channel called Trash Theory. Uh, This kind of, as they say, reignited British pop music. Do you think it's that significant, Scott? Because to me, this does feel, when you look forward, which we haven't done much of really, because we are trying to go in as much of a linear order as we can. When you do look forward at how pop music changes, the influence of
1: Richard X and this track is huge for me. My brain was waiting for the influence of Xenomania, who also work with Sugar Babes and clearly separate right Sugar Babes you're getting these instruments Girls Aloud you're getting these instruments Mm -hmm. so I was waiting for Xenomania and I think I've always sat maybe in a camp with this one where I've been like yeah it's brilliant it is a brilliant brilliant song is it better than the originals Uh, so there was always a question mark about the fact that it was two things stuck together but you can't deny how much of a relaunch that this did to, to their careers so I always sat in a really funny place where it was like yeah okay it's a sample it can't be like the biggest and best thing to ever have existed but having seen what Gary Newman said to Graham Norton, having actually listened to the video that you've mentioned there that we've, we've gone through, and I think you've got 20 minutes worth of a breakdown of that. And mm-hmm. then just hearing from Richard X and what his process was behind it, I completely, completely underestimated this track yeah. until this week. Yeah, um, I've always loved it. And I, I do still think that it's probably the best one because what I have done in the car um, in prep for this, because I was waiting to see, when we started doing reality tv it was like i think girls loud are the best reality tv band so i went on did the girls loud greatest hits and i was like right let's see what one's a skip and i only skip two mm. tracks and then sometimes skip some of the ballads but with sugar babes the the journey's weird this is definitely the best era of what you can what you can kind of do but um yeah in a strange place with the longer term thing in Sugar babes, but i totally underestimated this track mm. You mentioned there, like,
0: is this better than the originals? I think both of these tracks now, on reflection, sound better because this exists. Yeah. This is, like, a genius matchup. Like, I I, I want to know, like, there's, there's a film called Eden, which goes back to the, like, the roots of Daft Punk and French House, and you see all of these, like, moments of pop history, like, enacted by actors. I want to see a reenaction of the moment when he found these two tracks and when actually these work perfectly together Uh that moment of catharsis going oh shit this is brilliant as an r&b like fuck jam which is what (laughs) which is what i'd call freak like me by dean howard it was sexy but it didn't feel freaky and like our friends electric it felt like scientific and technological but it it didn't feel like it didn't feel like punchy whereas what richard x has done is he's made freak like me freaky he's made our friends electric like industrial and he's Brought it all together with some more, like, sort of grungy bits mm-hmm. and made something incredible. I do wonder if Adina Howard didn't approve, as much as she says that, oh, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. I wonder if she actually secretly thought, oh, fuck, this
1: is brilliant. She's, they've made a thing better than mine. I think, yeah, I think we could kind of be in that camp. So I think lyrically, I think it's lyrically great. It has been cleaned up a little bit as well. But I think the vocals of all three of them, Sugar Babes, at this point, is really, really strong. Yeah. Um, and what I love about it is. You know, as much as I've criticised oh, samples and oh, covers or oh, stuff chucked together, this does not feel like it was made from a Richard X position as a, a capitalist machine. No, Like no. this was just like a really smart creative. Well, it was born real. underground. Yeah. So and I find it really weird now because we've we've discussed that with Liberty X as well. You know, people whipping out songs in clubs to see how people react to them. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like you can do that now. No. Nah. You, you maybe could in bars where people are less likely to be on drugs in bar. Well, you're actually... But in a bar in 2000 <laughs> and a bar today, everybody in the bar today is on drugs, mm. um, but like the, you, there's a massive increased likelihood in a club. But I would love to have seen how this gets chucked about and how it gets, you know, with no camera phones and nobody posing mm. apart from the odd pot of posers. But I would love to see the, the physical reaction of people because dancing is different in 2002 to what it is today, today in, yeah. in clubs and bars.
0: I don't think anybody sees them as being sellouts for this, whereas there's potential for that. You know, they've gone from being like indie darlings. They made a point of writing their own music and, and making that clear as part of their kind of story. It didn't work, and they had to change tack or you know face musical extinction. To go from that kind of like, like I say before, like Cardigan kind of track overload, I love to this like a raw, borderline illegal. <laughs> you know, commercial mashup. Yeah. Um this is a this is a journey for the sugar babes that we we, we needed to see for them to stay alive. Yeah. The Frogger sample at the start, which has like the sort of like the boop 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 boop, it's like somebody finally put a pound in the sugar babes machine. After like a false start, they've had a yeah. bit of a kick. Someone's put some money in and they have arrived. And that that, that noise at the start was already in there for the uh, original We Don't Give a Damn About Our Friends mashup, the illegal one. That was already in there. They've kept the the song is essentially the same thing for this new version, but Adina's been taken out and sugar bee has been put in. You've now got these three different voices that all, you know, fit their parts so well. Like Heidi coming in the mix is, is a bit of genius too. Like I think this couldn't have worked unless Siobhan was taken out of that mix. jet and that Heidi. That was gonna put be in. my next question. Yeah. Is
1: this a Heidi thing? This is a Heidi thing. Because I remember at the time Heidi seemed like the saviour of the sugar babes. Big time. Really. Big and time. actually Richard X was the savior of the sugar babes. But mm. is was Heidi still a contributing factor? I love like I, I I still love Heidi. I think yeah. she's really good and I love the certain parts certain songs that they have where she sings and you get this really unique short breath tone out of her which is which is really good but I like I love Siobhan too like I love I love 1.0 I love 2.0 what's 3.0 um, um, ML, came ML in. I like 3.0 because they had some bangers there too mm. then it starts to get I think well actually Gijune was good did she do Eurovision? Yeah, um, she had some solo singles which were fine too, but yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's just a sad. It's a sad long story. But right now, I think we're in a really good place with this. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. Let, let let's enjoy this these. Let's music. enjoy these years because these years are like properly golden, really. Yeah, Overlord was purely for the critics and music snobs and for your mates down the pub so you can kind of like look like you have any cool hot takes. This now has universal appeal, as that video that we watched said. You know, music fans who love that original love it. Newman fans love it. R and B fans love it. Pop music fans you, you grand like well, maybe not your grand but like I think this has this has much more of a broad appeal uh, and also no one can really criticise it I've not seen anybody really criticising this anywhere online it's all kind of like 8s, 9s and 10s even like Freaky Trigger who's normally quite like I wondered what they would say and this was a full 10 for him wow yeah um, he has the fantastic line because of course like the Our Friends Electric is from uh, the Philip K. Dick book um, he wrote like Blade Runner he says putting these two things together is a delicious opportunity philip k dick in pursuit of dick Mm. because it is sexy i mean these are these are you know still young teenage girls Mm -hmm. the video is a lot more like freaky and sexy they're vampires heidi arrives in the scene she's kind of like there's a, a moment of like initiation where the original members keisha and Mucha are kind of looking out the floor they see this girl and they kind of go like yeah, yeah she's now part of our gang they make her a vampire within two minutes she's on the pavement slab flat out dead <laughs> she's just got here but the whole the whole package of me like this this reinvention to go from the verge of oblivion to this reinvention is is absolutely inspired and the video adds so much to that the mix is different in the video in the video there's like a sound on the claps of the on the beat like there's a to it those clap bits the like drum like uh, bin lids being pushed together it really adds to that kind of like grotty industrial aesthetic that the song conjures up yeah uh, I, I can't rave about this enough uh,
1: is this the most notes you've ever put on a song uh, I don't think so is Actually, there more there than there is for whenever we're wherever by Shakira Shakira um, well that's the thing with Shakira I didn't write many because
0: as mentioned was the, there was the je ne sais quoi of like what is this maybe it's okay that we don't know whereas this all of the elements are so easily laid out because it's almost kind of been pieced together like Lego bricks. Yeah. Um, so we can all see what the genius is and there's no doubting any of it. You know, it's it's not in any way um,
1: mysterious or ambiguous. It's very frontal and very obvious. Yeah, I think this is a big, massive warning alarm now. Being like, music's changing. Yeah. Samples are going to happen. Collaborations are going to happen. Mashups can be done credibly, legally watch us we're changing things and this mm. is the song that's doing that there's impact with this was this a global success i didn't
0: I actually don't, i don't think so no maybe more so now in the age of streaming when people can find this more easily yeah but i don't recall the sugar babes being much of a thing beyond our
1: shores i tend to like looking at the you know um when you're I tend to look at Wikipedia, Mm. and when you go down the singles discography, the wider that is, the more countries it kind of charted in. So I'm I'm always dead like interested in that one. But I'll let me just let me see if I do scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and what. Right. What are we talking about here? We're talking about "Freak Like Me." How many columns do we get for this one? Uh, okay. We get a lot of European. Do we get any? Mm. We don't get any American, but we do get quite a lot of European. Um, We're talking. mm, We're talking one two three top tens but actually then we get to round round and we get one two three four five six seven eight top tens mm.
0: round okay. round on Spotify has a lot more streams like three times as many streams as this so you could see that this kind of paved the way yeah. for more bangers in the future I'm this is looking down there are good ones there are this is a there are good ones this era is the angels with dirty faces isn't it this is a this is a great yep. album a great era that everyone's yep. been looking forward to and as you say I I I'd I think it really is as influential and as music era-changing as as you've as we've both kind of said. Come
1: on, Richard, you've done it, babe. Oh,
0: but th- this is the thing, right? Because we're gonna we're gonna see Richard X three more times for an artist who changed the game and really paved the way for things like Xenomania to happen. He is kind of the budgie down the coal mine. He's the he's the guinea pig of all this. He gets to start it off, but actually, his acclaim in this scene is very short-lived. Mm -hmm. and it's a shame i think he he deserved more maybe i don't don't know if he wanted more necessarily but the tracks that he has coming up like the liberty x one is the one i knew the most as being him because he's credited in the title is his his name's first i actually didn't know that this was him until quite recently but he has finest dreams with calice which is amazing as well and he has uh, his first and only like commercially successful original was Rachel Stevens Some Girls which Jerry Halliwell wanted and locked herself is in a car
1: over Is that an original? Uh, I, I think it's it, Is that not Goldfrap or something like that underneath? Um, <coughs> it's potentially a cover yeah but it, his, his production
0: is, you know, makes it more than it could have been Right Yeah. Jerry Halliwell yeah, locked herself in a car so desperate to work on that track with Richard X <gasps> uh, and she didn't get it mm. and I'll be glad Let's move on Have I written? No I thought I had more notes but I don't. So that was number one. We can, unlike the last seven weeks, say that was number one. There's no caveats of what if it wasn't that, then it could have been this. Like, Sugar Babes deserves it. And it would have been a big injustice. There's been tracks like that, I think, that haven't got number one. Like, Basement Jack's Where's Your Head At was one that sticks out to I me. Mean, like, it was a yeah. track that came down the charts. You presume must have been number one. Yeah. Wasn't how good is it that sugar babes was yes i'm pleased given that given the slow start they had to debut at number one with that track is is impressive and it's power to how much it was
1: plugged and it was promoted and how good the whole package was three girls that would go on to not like each other knocking off two lads that would go on to not like each other it's poetic yeah you know nice (laughs) uh so this was number two I'd, i'd like to imagine the week where sugar babes
0: change their strategy and put this somewhere else and this got number one instead that's not how it turned out uh this is fascinating it's a track we have had on our radar for a little while i think it's one of the tracks we mentioned in that episode zero where you jokingly said oh it'll be s club juniors that's your winner oh did it? i think so yeah. Oh, yeah it was definitely mentioned it's not actually a bad shout I'm, re- I'm 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 refreshed by this in some weird ways this is the debut single from the s club juniors called One Step Closer.
1: this is off the album together and was actually if you listen to it it'll make sense a track written by Kathy of Dennis mm. Kathy Dennis has done it so this could actually be a completely different track produced slightly less childish and just given to somebody like a Kylie or a Rachel Stevens or yeah. something like that this could this could have been very versatile in mm. the way that it worked
0: yeah, given that she's a regular S Club Seven collaborator, you you might think that this is just an S Club Seven kind of offcut that didn't make for them. But I think actually this feels very separate, yes. and they they always feel quite separate. I think
1: apart from maybe Automatic Eye, which you could have given S Club Seven. I feel like possibly I feel like everything. I feel like we're at a point now where even though we said S Club Seven have gone backwards and they've gone a bit more childish and typical of S Club, I feel like these songs are still not S Clubbable. No. They they either needed to be childish or somebody completely different like a Baxter. Yeah. So I wonder if this
0: was uh, this was written bespoke by Kathy Dennis but I wonder if it was for somebody else. I'd love to know. behind it was this. written for these. I don't know. So S Club Juniors we've, we've mentioned a lot of S Club 7 on the show and we've mentioned the fact that this was coming. The label clearly felt that they needed to invest in the future because you know they were all getting a bit older now. They wanted to probably go and sew their own notes elsewhere. Within a couple of years Rachel Stevens did go and do her own solo stuff. They all did go off and do things to varying degrees of success i think paul had left s club seven by this point so they'd become a six and it made sense that you know they were going to try and extend the the brand because essentially s club's always been a brand it's always been simon fuller's brand the s allegedly even stands for simon after simon fuller so they were originally intended for s club juniors to be a support act for S Club 7 at Wembley Stadium. That is what it was packaged as, although there has been suspicions that that was not the case. Who are we to say whether that is true or false? Based on things we've seen so far in pop music, uh, it's, I'd say, fairly likely that that is not true, and actually the plan's always been the entire time to build a commercially successful band with actual musical success, Mm -hmm. not just to be a support act. Because what happened was they they put the band together. It was documented by CBBC. They did auditions in Manchester, Glasgow, Cardiff, London to find this group. They didn't put any parameters as to how many people would be in the group. Uh, in the end, it was nine. <laughs> to wow. start to start with, it was nine when they put the band together. There was a guy called Connor who was in the group and left before they officially kind of like launched this song. I've been watching the program that was documenting this process called S Club Search. I'm not at that point yet. I'm not there. I've been you know busy. Uh, but I'm I'm enjoying watching it there's a lot of things to take <laughs> from it because a
1: creepy dude getting his own place
0: watches <laughs> kids audition programs <laughs> um you get the impression watching S Club search these these kids who've auditioned for this group and have got in this group they're all very professional given they're all like between 12 and 14 they're all very professional very confident very driven but there's always reminders that they are like kids doing this yeah like it's very strange and then you get the song which is called one step closer It is about kids. It's kids singing about going to heaven, talking about love forever, talking about fantasizing. And I I googled all of this to make sure that it wasn't just me and and my dumb brain not quite interpreting the lyrics or, you know, maybe I missed something that, you know, maybe it's a metaphor for something. But no, no, I think genuinely this is a song about, like, dying or something. The internet, to my surprise and kind of relief, uh, also agrees that this this is what that is about. There is not a hidden meaning. This is, this is literal. So you
1: don't just think it's romance and like kids snogging at discos and being like obsessed well, with can, somebody and secretly in love as opposed to. It, it can
0: be that. Granny's
1: dead. It can be that, but it also it's, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't,
0: it, yeah, it, it, it can be that. It can be a song you can just listen to and turn your brain off and snog your, you know, snog your crush to. But like lyrically, it's a strange one. But those things about fantasising and, like, love forever for 12-year-olds, none of it feels appropriate. And I think we were, we were talking before this, actually, a lot of S Club Junior songs going forward, and Club Age songs, also have, like, things that just don't fit the age group very oh, well. puppy love, don't they? Oh. Those are the ones that do kind of fit, because, like, puppy love is kind of like a kid's kind of love, isn't it? like puppy, puppy love slay, right? Yeah. Automatic Eye. They're ones that do make appropriate sense, but there are ones going forward that have things that you kind of go, oh, what? What? They're children. Anyway. This could have been Kids' Bop, and it is to some degree, especially when you see them performing live. But actually, work's gone into this. I find the rawness really endearing. It's more credible than it ever deserved to be, and it's a tune. I'd be lying if I said I didn't like it.
1: I do think it is really good, and I think it sounds cheesy, but only because they're children. Yes. I think if it was somebody else, it wouldn't, but it matches them because of their age. Some of the voices are very strong. Frankie, very strong. Calvin, very
0: strong. When it gets to the second verse and it's Daisy, you know the names. I've got them all written down, but all I, d- right, okay. I d- And and the video shows you who they all are as well because it like the like frame just, on them yeah. shows the names. But I, I've I've grown up with this band, so of course I know who they are. But yeah, yeah, I think da- Daisy's the first voice where you hear it and you go, yeah, these are kids. Like she does sound like a child. Whereas like Frankie and Calvin, they do sound at least more does like. Frankie teen- go
1: 1st we? Yeah, she's first. Okay. She
0: Frankie and Calvin are always pushed as like the main two for me
1: yeah it was as if there was a narrative that these two were going to like be a couple when they were older yeah and it was weird yeah. that's so strange that's mm. so weird
0: 12 year old yeah mm. Mm. no I think this is really grand how many How many do you think you can name S Club Juniors
1: I've, um, I've just said three there I've forgotten who you've said so I know uh, Frankie yeah I know Rochelle yeah um, I know there's one called Stacey because I've got a niece called Stacy mm-hmm. um, you've just said some boy Was his name Calvin yeah Calvin Yeah. and then you said a daisy yeah so there's three more no there's well there is but i don't know them there's aaron who's the oldest one uh there's
0: jay no and there's hannah no and that makes eight okay um yeah it's interesting that so yeah it's a big group a lot of different voices i think it's all plotted out quite nicely there's lines for everyone in there somewhere I think they all, they all make like a surprisingly nice nice put together as well. I think they're
1: really good. Yeah. I, I do. I think harmonies are good. I think vocally it's good. Tonally it's it's all good. I think there's big hooks. Um, I can remember when a Pharrell track came out years ago going, oh my God, that sounds like a sample of S Club Juniors. I think the, the electronic voice and stuff's nice. I think there's a lot about this that's actually pretty blooming good, mm. isn't it?
0: It came out in 2002, which was an interesting time not that things are massively different now because we've got Twitter but there was always there were still comment sections on things no, no. i've written some down here i'm not going to read them out because i don't want to say them really i think they're really horrible i'm going to pass this sheet to you so you can read them and i want your reaction these are genuine comments from the website song meanings because i was trying to find out what the song actually meant and i couldn't uh-huh. find anything the comments were just really nasty have a look at that i've circled it have a look okay. don't read it just just give me a reaction to what the what those things say oh no oh jesus yeah okay -hmm.
1: you know these are these are children don't waste a good sandwich (laughs) i know exactly um i just think it must have been very strange that's so and this is a thing and this is a really difficult thing i think for parents because you know you there's 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 really exciting things that you can do by putting your children forward for these things but it's really really difficult to when they're on a roller coaster of success to pull them from it yeah. Um. So maybe that I don't know why Connor is not in it. Was his name Connor? Yeah, Connor. I don't know. I don't know whether it, there was a, a sense in the air of how this is going to end up. Mm. But you know, I will watch really on and really really I'll endeavour really to find out what happened to him. Yeah. yeah do you have my? But if, like, I don't know if my little my boys too. I don't know if he can sing or anything yet. But if he wanted to sing, would it be like, yeah, let's go start auditioning for things? As I think I said to you a, a different time that I wouldn't mind if there was something I could do with him now if he wanted to and he could consciously make that decision. That I would do some work with him so that I could like try have a nest egg for him in the future yeah like baby modelling B- yeah, like, like, yeah, uh, you know, wear, yeah wear a cardigan for Weird a cardigan. people on Instagram do message all of the time asking and just like go away um, he's a bonnie Ben oh thanks very much he's, he's. got eyebrows to kill um, <laughs> but yeah so there, there's there's that but it's it's you know I feel like I would need to sit down with like Frankie Sanford's mum and go what on earth do you do here would mm. you do it again what was the decision making process and that? I would actually love to talk to the parents yeah there's, maybe there's a full documentary about the parents of childhood stars has that ever been yeah. done before I, I, let's let's be be quite let's good. do it, yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I, like watching the s club search I think it's interesting you do see different kinds of parents at these things is that there are some that do seem quite pushy yeah. and there are some who kind of like at, at one point angelica bell who presents it asks the parents like oh what will you do if he doesn't get in it's okay we'll tell him to pick himself up and you know move mm-hmm. on it's fine yeah he did, did his best you do wonder which you know like, how many of the group had parent a or parent
1: b you know, you do wonder. I once worked with somebody who was a celebrity who was managed by one of the parents, and I had to sit with the parent for a prolonged period of time, and it was awful. Mm. It was really, really awful because the parent the parent was ruthless, and the person's career hadn't really gone where it had the potential to go, Yeah, and it was a parent that was watching out for their kid, but didn't know the industry and wasn't playing the game correctly. And this person's career is not anywhere where it could have been because of the having a parent manager, really, mm. and them trying to protect, and it just didn't pan out like that, really. Well,
0: that's an important thing. You mentioned the roller coaster. Like, at this point, the roller coaster is going up, but these things never sustain. No. This was never going to be a long time. For one, they call S Club Juniors. They did try and at least like, change tack and become S Club 8 to shed that kind of kids' bop feel to it. But this was never going to last long. It only lasted, th- about two, three years? They've got to be there when the roller coaster starts going but down. That's that's a that's a that's a media career. Yeah, you
1: know, if I you mean, think of like- all of the people, so even they think about pop stars now, like you know Ray's struggling to even get her album out because her record label are like, no, we're not releasing the album until we know it's going to be a number one, and mm-hmm. she's she's then had to go vocal per- publicly yeah. to tell people what's going on. But in seven years, as much as Ray's had some big hits. At the moment, and it's featuring loads of tracks. We could forget who she is, and then somebody doing a podcast in eight years' time could be like, "Oh, do you remember Ray?" I'm like, "Yeah, really, really good." But there is there's a lifespan. It's the same in radio. So you know, I I could have gone all full guns blazing, like right, I'm going to go to London. I want to do the radio on breakfast show, but I have to be serious. I'd be lucky if you get six years out of that, and that's the one that pays you money. What do you do for money in the run up to it? Do you get yourself into loads of debt and then spend that six years paying off what you've got yourself into? Mm. And then what happens after that? Because you need to have a career in something else, so you need to start forging out. Other careers, so it, it's it's a very difficult thing. But actually, like that 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 was a that was a media career. How, how long did you say? Four, I think like two and a half. Two and a half three years. That's, that's a media career for so many people. Yeah. That's, it don't it's so hard to stay relevant for a longer period of time than that without having to go and do right. I need to go and do a reality TV program this year. Mm. I need to change my I need to change my music and change my complete musical sound if I want to keep doing this job because to do the job I need this big machine backing me but the machine will only have me if I compromise who I am it's a bloody hard it's a, it's a hard pot to be in like mm. we'll kind of go through the S Club Junior
0: story as it progresses the, you know they've had there's been successes within there Frankie and Rochelle you know Saturdays other stuff uh, according to Google this came up by accident but Frankie Frankie now, Frankie Bridge, is supposedly worth eleven million pounds. So she's
1: doing all right. Do you know what it is? It'll be the fucking royalties off that stupid fucking 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 YouTube advert. Every time I press play on anything on my phone, ding 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 ding, ding and it's like I'm opening the Cloud Babies. I'm trying to open Peppa Pig and trying to open a Pirates. Fucking eBay advert mm. is now a fi- that and the Domino's advert. Yeah. The two worst things have been going into my ears <laughs> in the last year. And like honestly, I could not see Frankie and her husband fall onto a sofa for another <laughs> fifty years. Like happy, happy, happy. And I'm not an angry person, but Jesus, that's how bad it is. eBay sort of changed the
0: song. Um, Stacey did X Factor. And uh, personally, I'm looking forward to seeing, when we get to Puppy Love, if uh, Calvin's name on the Wikipedia page is still Gold Spunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yes. Oh, Calvin. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, they've had varying levels. Uh, to be fair, he lives in America now, so he's doing stuff over there. Uh, I don't know. We've got a lot to look forward to. Anyway, lots to look forward to.
1: Coming at your fanny, coming <laughs> at your fanny. Don't. It's
0: already bad enough. And finally, this is the number nine for Idlewild, whose name I recognise because we've had conversations before when talking about Coldplay, which they're going to come up again in just a few moments' time. This is a track called You Held the World in Your Arms.
1: is a hello goodbye for mm-hmm. idle wild and this is off the third album called the remote part i love the strings on this yeah they're the strings gorgeous straight away there's yeah. some really yeah. good strings it's weird because it actually feels like this makes no sense because this isn't any sort of a subgenre. this feels american irish to me in terms mm. of music and i don't i can't understand who i'm picturing it's as if like ireland bumped into rem not in terms of sound but like in terms of something subtle in the production in the way that it's been put together and i, I can't Mm. I can't form it together but it's weird because they are Scottish I know yeah but there is (laughs) trying to make sure that you knew no no I know that yeah yeah, yeah, I'm just there is there's an Irish sound wise yeah I know what you mean I I don't understand what I'm hearing uh, I'm hearing a multitude of things from probably the early 90s in my head that it's thrown me back to uh, which is quite nice but Mm. um, I love how it goes down in the chorus i like the lower parts yeah um, i like the pace of it yeah um, it's a rollicking pace isn't it it yeah. really moves along quite nice yeah and just um i just yeah i just really really enjoy it i think this is the first ever band that i actually saw live
0: mm. there's um there's similar kind of themes in here possibly to doves there's kind of bits of like what was what could have been uh, this works a lot more for me than doves does i think because sonically i like it a lot more pace wise it's better it's all quite meta i think if you go through the lyrics and like read the interpretations it's, it's quite autobiographical genius who do all the kind of like annotations of lyrics and stuff they make reference to the fact that they were label mates with coldplay at this point and actually the, the, these two bands were considered neck and neck at this point and um idle just didn't capitalize on that success and they were yeah. like overtaken big time hence this is the only time we'll talk about this band and then they disappear Off our radar forever, which is a shame for them. Yeah, I I do like it a lot more than. The Dove's one—it sounds like editors to me, who I always really enjoy Ooh, yeah. hearing. Uh-huh. It was on the soundtrack for FIFA two thousand and three. Now, <laughs> Class. I think the, the soundtracks get bigger and better as the years go by. Like they, they they have more songs on them each year. I think as part of our kind of like our rounds now of like looking who won the Brits and who won the Mercury, we'll look at the FIFA soundtracks because they were like and still are cultural like um, time capsules. Like you can see what the, the world sounded like in terms of. Well, not just football, but just music generally. It's funny, you're on FIFA. I'm on Clubber's Guide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ministry of Sounds, the annual. Other stuff on that same soundtrack: Koshin Hideu. There was two. Co- there was two Koshin tracks on. Uh, also on there, Miss Dynamite was Dynamite He. Plus and Avril Lavigne. Complicated. There's a remix of that on there as well. Bro. And this was there too. And it all kind of makes sense that they, they always kind of included a mixture of uh, of genres, of genders, of sounds of you know, cultures. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this, this does, I can picture, I, I didn't have FIFA, I wasn't interested in football at this time in my life, which is, you know, given me now, it's hard to believe, but it, it took a long time for me to get there before I was indoctrinated by the cult that was football. We're going on your your thoughts on the whole thing, Scott. You've seen Idlewild live, haven't you, Scott?
1: Yeah, so I think my first ever gig was uh the... Well, I can't even remember what it's called now, in Belfast. Uh, uh, let's call it the arena in Belfast, whatever the new arena was. And we went to see Coldplay and Idlewild. I swear we're supporting them. Mm. If, if it wasn't there, I've seen them at Slane. But I'm pretty confident it was this um, uh, arena in Belfast where they've, they've got like a big ice rink. I can't remember what it's called. God, mm. um, I've lived away too long. <laughs> um... But yeah, and I remember like loving, really enjoying the song. I swear we met Simon, might have actually bought an Idlewild merch t shirt. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. But yeah, so in theory, we went to see Coldplay. These were a support band that I was really happy to see. But I think now, maybe statistically, this was the first live band that I'd ever really seen. Amazing. Oh, because it? they supported and went first.
0: Yeah. Mm. If, if, if that's the case for me, then mine would have been a band called V.
1: Oh. Who nobody remembers. Did they support
0: the Tweenies? Uh, well, it, well, they weren't live. <laughs> oh, yeah. They weren't okay. live,
1: the frauds. We know that, yeah. My first Jesus.
0: gig was busted, but was supported by a McFly. That's a pretty good double bill, isn't
1: it? But there was another band there called V, who nobody remembers. Well, weird, this might have been the same time, because we went to this place in Belfast. I don't know why I can't remember the name of it. And when we were there, we saw a poster for something else and we didn't like the town I came from we had no access to what was going on anywhere apart from at school there were some cool kids would have gone to a place I think it was called the Nerve Centre in Derry Mm. so they would have there would be some things might come back or they would pull a sneaky poster back but um we saw a poster then for, it might have been a Smash Hits tour and I think Ian Van Dahl was on the Smash Hits tour and there was a few dance artists on the Smash Hits tour so we wanted to go on that. So then we came back the next week we managed to get tickets came back the next week and went to that so I mm. went to this arena in Belfast twice oh, yeah, in the of space course. of like two weeks. Yeah, It was really odd I had to go to Belfast twice. Gosh, mm-hmm. mad. Yeah.
0: yeah, this is grand, isn't it? Grand. Yeah, I like it. Right, when it's time this is going to be interesting. I am still really in two minds. You seem to think I've
1: got a choice to make. I don't. Th- I think you're in two minds about not the episode winner. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: No, yeah. not not the episode not necessarily. The episode.
1: Yeah. Um, right. where are we? okay. Okay.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to sneeze. Am I? Am I?
1: It's gone. If you, it's frustrating now that you're facing me again if I <laughs> feel any hint of moisture in my face you're done uh, okay That's uh, no, it's just gone just, I'm just looking I'm looking I'm looking Um. Oh. Mm, okay yeah I, I've got I think I've got something mm-hmm so Scott You've got your thoughts together What do you think Your contenders are going to be And what's your winner Going to be for the week It's not good for the bands Unfortunately Because I'm no. going to go With a three So third position I'm going to do S Club Juniors One Step Closer One Step
0: Closer To heaven, baby One Step
1: Second position I'm gonna do, which I thought was gonna be the winner until we opened our mouths, NSync girlfriend with Nelly. do you
0: be my girlfriend? Mm-hmm.
1: And then my episode winner is clear as day, sugar Beep's freak like me.
0: Do you think, based on the conversation we've had, do you think it's gone up a notch? Do you think you've like you've yeah. discovered new things about that you didn't yeah. know were there, or you've gained more appreciation
1: for? I do. You know what? what tainted it before even looking at this 22-minute video that I watched the other day was the fact that I did the Girls' Loud playlist and it was saying that I, I hardly skipped any, mm. and there was a lot. And then when I did the Sugar Babes Greatest Hits. I did a lot of skipping, Mm. really, and I got bored halfway through some of the songs. But I thought that Sugar Babes had a much bigger catalogue of bangers than what there was, really. Mm. And when you look down, when we've looked through the Wikipedia, there's some really good ones to come. There really is good ones to come. But actually, it was a bit disappointing um, compared to the Girls Aloud side of things. But I do think that this has gone up a bit. But really, that video that we discussed and what we've watched, I think people need to see that because it is pretty good.
0: It's worth checking out. It's called... It's from the channel Trash Theory, and it's called "How an Illegal Mashup Reignited British Pop," and it's very good.
1: Yeah, because I do think it's a change in track for pop music, so that's significant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've already had a few of those on the podcast so far. Yeah.
0: Uh, for me, I am also going three, and I'm going to swap two around. Oh. Third, NSYNC, Girlfriend. <laughs> Second place, S Club Juniors, one step closer. And the winner by a country mile, although, well, it's a country mile, but it's like a different kind of country mile because <laughs> S Club Juniors probably would have been a winner in another week they just were unfortunate they went up against the most important pop song of this time really
1: let's face it uh, Sugar Babes free Like Me oh, funny that we've had no Oasis track I'm like yeah would have been the Sugar would have been the Scott Juniors any other week yeah.
0: I bet they're fuming at that so they're, yeah. yeah whatever but we don't care about them really. okay um, so Scott you've got a choice now you've got the most important pop track of 2001 against.
1: So far as most important pop so, uh, track. Of 2002. Yeah, of 2002.
0: Kylie versus Sugar Babes. Bear in mind that if you don't pick Kylie, the Sugar Babes will bite her and turn her into a vampire
1: and bleed, <laughs> d- drain her out. Uh, Scotty, Easy drone? so during the conversation we opened wikipedia i scrolled down and i looked to see how wide the the discography on wikipedia was to see what countries was was big hitters in kylie got into (laughs) some more um but had i not done that i think it would have been a harder decision and actually Babes could have taken kylie but kylie stays on
0: yeah it's not fair when you compare like (laughs) in terms of international reach like kylie's always going
1: to go Bigger and further. And and, well, and and Kylie's greatest hits is a lot better as well. But this been is the same this longer. is the same position. This is a similar position. So Kylie hadn't Kylie wasn't an international star mm. really, but there was so that what the, what was what they have in common was there was one big track. Yeah. And they both had this one big track that did something. And Kylie was irrelevant. At this, You know when Kylie Came back with Spinning mm, Around She was mm-hmm. irrelevant yeah. There was so many kids Do not have an idea Who she is apart from Oh that's the birthday party song Because they knew The locomotion <laughs> You know Yeah And maybe I should be so lucky If you were lucky enough To know that one too But mm. Right um, I actually feel nervous About this Me too uh, Right so Liam Shakira Whenever Wherever Versus Sugar Babes Freak Like Me Here's Your Drone
0: hmm. It would be a shame After all of the build-up and the hype, to drop Shakira after what, three weeks? Three, four weeks? That would be a real shame. That would be a real discredit to her. However, hearing this track again, Freak Like Me, and becoming reacquainted with it, and pulling it apart, and considering how much impact it has had on music, I wonder if there's folks who don't think it's been
1: influential maybe we're hyping this too much. I don't think we are. See, I think you're in a position where you don't want to have to explain why Kylie stays on over other Kylie tracks or other pop songs. I think there's a justification and it is the fact that you've had to pull it apart so deep. Yeah. So people won't get it and you're going to always have to explain it. Mm. So sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to enlist your help Scott. I need you to kind of give me a bit of a defense for Shakira. Uh
1: mystery. Cause I think there's there's a big massive, massive air of mystery with Shakira at this point. And she yeah. could at this point Shakira could have been a one-hit wonder. Yeah. There's there's no doubting from this one, from Sugar Babes, they were not gonna be a one-hit wonder after no. this. Yeah. I think the reinvention that they went on was so enormous. They they
0: I wonder if they knew how big it was gonna be. You know, they they went from being on the verge of like, you know, not being a thing to suddenly getting pulled into a studio, did this track in someone's, you know, front room it's a mashup thing and then it became like the biggest thing in, in the UK at that moment mm-hmm. and it drowned everything else out even S Club Juniors mm-hmm. since I heard it recently I've not been able to stop playing it it has been in my brain like a parasite but I'm not mad about it, 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 it yeah I think production wise it's an absolute masterpiece and I think I enjoy it more than Shakira the headspace I'm in I like that grungy thrashy like almost borderline disgusting sound that <laughs> Richard A- Richard X has managed to produce from those two tracks and that combination of this girl band my <laughs> on, this drone's three, gonna this drone's gonna be bloody long I didn't nightmare this my new winner is Sugar Babes Freak Like Me
1: Sorry, Shakira, you will have another shot of the crown in four years. He did not send me a 22 minute video about Shakira, so this makes sense. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I walked around and sold it to other people. You need Mm -hmm. to see that video before we've even done this episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. I actually sent it to people.
0: So, okay, good. Happy? i am happy yeah. yeah it's done and i'm looking forward to listening to the track again it's like uh-huh. it's, it's like george michael last week of like we're talking about it now and i just want to go and put it on there actually is a bit of a george michael vibe to this isn't there yeah. too yeah. li- I, I like that seediness about it there's a there's a kind of like seedy quality about it. it's just like the, the video helps it massively yep. but the song on its own is already like d- dripping in like dirt and sweat <laughs> and blood <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Literally. It's uh. It's unreal. Yeah. I'm chuffed. I'm really chuffed. I, I again. I'm back in that cycle of dropping things. But I do think, and I said this about Shakira. This could be a stayer because, or uh, it's going to stay for. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go the whole way, but I think it's going to be hard to knock off.
1: I think this is. I think this is the closest to a full where you've been mm, so far. Yeah. Maybe. I think. I think you didn't expect to be in such obvious pop territory with your choices and because of the way that this has been done mm. you have no choice but to be here right now
0: yeah well interesting we've changed again how many times have i changed since you've not changed
1: jesus every fucking week, Liam. god i oh. hate you know
0: i hate that that's where i'm back to though like, <laughs> i don't want to get back in
1: that cycle of being like flitty and choppy and changey I, but w- yeah, oh. i don't so with i think we thought she Shaki- well so we thought you were in it for the long haul with shakira which totally makes sense because of the caliber of that track. I'll always love it. Yeah, I, I'll, I don't I'll, know, I'll you know always love all the
0: tracks that have dropped.
1: Yeah, you know the spreadsheet better than I do. You have a maybe a clearer picture of what's coming. Yes, I do. Um So I do. I can see that you're going to be more tormented with certain things that are about to happen. But mm. I do think we're going to hit 2005, and we're going to be there. Yeah, you know, there's there's very few. Except that are going to be in that, you're going to be doing a year a week. By the time two thousand and six, <laughs> in that video
0: that we watched, Trash series mentions Xenomania, and in two thousand and nine, there is a song that could be one final plot twist. Uh, do I know what that is? I mentioned it in the chat this week. Give me a clue. Duo, Xenomania, two thousand and nine. It's not. It's <laughs> it's not Girls vs Versus Sugarbeams. No, this way. No. <laughs> No, Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because you've mentioned that I might need to retract my sugar babes because that is so bad. (laughs) The walk this way. They lose cred points for that for me, but whatever. Mini Viva. Oh, yes. Left my heart in Tokyo. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. They have one top 10 single. They had three singles in total. One top 10. They were dropped very quickly. It didn't catch on for them. But that one track that did hit was... a. Oh, it's sensational. When I play
1: that on the radio, I get messages from people that I didn't even know listened to my yeah. show. And I remember actually going to somebody's wedding and the, it was, he's a doctor and he comes from a very elite line of like family. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really know pop music very much into, he's a saxophonist and a doctor. Mm-hmm. So you can tell like pop music isn't his thing. Insisted at his wedding. Left My Heart in Tokyo got played. Oh, so good. Go.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one half of them,
1: Britt, is from Newcastle.
0: Is she? Yeah. No way. Only oh, found man. that out recently. Okay. She auditioned for X Factor after Mini Viva happened. And I had no idea who she was when she auditioned. Obviously she was really good. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, she's from Newcastle. Lovely Jody accent. What? Heard her on T four. I was like, hey, <laughs> T <T4>, four, <laughs> get a load of that. Um, so yeah, we'll look forward to that in what seven years. That could be that could be a thing that happens. But in the here and now, uh, it's your chance to have your say. Some big tracks this week. We've had our three. Again, we need a fourth. We're going to go Oasis, Doves, Idle Welsh, Oasis.
1: I think we should do Oasis
0: if they yeah. bloody win. After all that. Conjecture about those songs that we did like. Well, no, we didn't like it, just it wasn't a contender. Sugar Libs could beat Oasis here. This is the chart mm-hmm. battle we'd be looking forward to. Unless Club Jr.'s as well, yeah.
1: Yeah. if the
0: parents get involved oh yeah Um, tweet us at Pod. that's where the poll is and other ways of getting contact Scott
1: are you can also email us your emails and voice notes please hello at TNNpod.co.uk next time after the crushing Christmas disappointment of Steps split in 2001 they're back Uh, kind of and returning to the show, we've got Mary J. Blige, Ronan Keating and the instrumental of a track we did from Chocolate Puma last year. Mm. Among the debutantes are Tweet and Shakedown. And another chart and Australian soap star turned queen of pop in the form of Holly Valance. Has Kylie met her match? Has she? hmm